Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with Week 90, the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, the king of kangaroos. That's right, I'm bringing it back, the lone butt wanderer. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one. Fuck, that's been a while. Yeah, and we got a lot of serious stuff to talk about today. The main focus of this podcast will be the Nintendo Switch because the reveal is coming up very closely. But before that, we we have a, a couple of changes we're making to the podcast in 2017 that we wanted to make you guys aware of. And they're big changes. These are not subtle changes, and... One of them is pretty obvious that you guys most likely have seen coming, which is that uh, Noah's not going to be a part of the podcast. That feels really weird to say. That but, feels uh, really strange. Yeah, it's really sad, guys. Um, we don't want anyone giving him shit or anything. It's just that, obviously, we want to move this show forward. Um, when Noah was very consistent, he has a life, mind you. He's got a lot of responsibilities. I'm one of his best friends. I, I know what yeah. he's going through. Trust me when I say it, it is hard for him to be a part of the podcast. And so it's just – it wasn't feasible because when you look at 2015 when we started this podcast and how you know we were constantly getting special guests on, we were having longer episodes. Um, in 2016, I don't want to say we regressed. I think we got comfortable though. And yeah. with that comfort, I think came some steps backwards for us where we had shorter episodes. Um, sometimes we cop out on certain segments. We didn't have – nearly any special guests uh that much throughout 2016 which is something we're looking to change this year and not saying that that boils down to noah but it's just no that that, we that came to, down to us yeah as well. that came down to us it's just more so that that consistency i remember when we set up special guests for example we were all three of us wanted to be there and, and even that wasn't yeah. something we were on the same page with so what we're looking to in the future is um we do have a replacement in mind for Noah. we don't want to say anything yet we just want to confirm it with the other person but yeah. um, we think you guys are really going to like the person who's going to be subbing in. It, it's someone who you guys have liked very much in the past. But, yeah, it's just – it's really sad. You know, like I said, Noah's one of my best friends, and it really sucks that um, he can't be a part of this anymore. But Yeah, and, and it's – when we record the podcast, we, we always – you know, I, I, at least I do anyways at the back of my head. Podcasts that are recorded with three people always just are better. there's no other way to put it they're more lively there's more discussion more conversation there's back and forth as opposed to just two people talking to each other for an hour to an hour and a half and i think that's been leading towards the shorter episodes too plus it 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 leads to much more certainty when we know every week we have three people that are that are going to be on the cast and if you want to get a guest that's four people right Mm -hmm. and when it's just two people or even either just maddie or just myself when either of us aren't available it's very very difficult to get together guests because you're having to get together two to three guests at any one time and again we don't want anyone giving noah shit for this because he's got a life to live and he has so many other responsibilities it just works out that i personally can make the podcast on the saturday mornings that we record my time so it's convenient for me but it isn't convenient for him and that's the reasons why he hasn't been making it so please don't give him shit and if anything you know thank him for for being on the podcast for so long because this is a hard decision to make and you know it's taken us how long to make it yeah we like to be honest it's come up in passing and each time we were like no no we can't do that you know because i view Noah as like the the comic relief you know he'd be the guy who would just bring the laughs in podcasts are so much better with him maddie they really are yeah so it's not like i said it's not a decision we're taking lightly and it's not something we wanted to make uh irrationally just jumping the gun on it we wanted to try to give him as many chances as possible but 
uh, at the end of the day, we kind of had to call the shot and be like, look, yeah, uh, we get that you're busy, but this, this is kind of how things have to be. Yeah. So, so, yeah, be sure to send him a nice, lovely tweet or something, thanking him for all his time. And yeah. we're making some changes to the format of the podcast. Nothing drastic on that end, but Lauren, I'll let you explain that bit. They're going to be talking about Japanese anime for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Ball Super is getting real good. Yeah, we just dropped nah, but... like 2,000 viewers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's just clicked off. Please look at the analytics, by the way. I want to see if there's been any drop-off at this point. But more seriously, <laughs> we obviously every week when we get together to do the podcast, Maddie and I always ask the, ask the question, all right, what Bethesda news is there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But the problem with that is that Bethesda's not always spitting out news. Like, they are becoming a big publisher, but they're not the kind of publisher. To be honest, no publisher is like this, where every week there's always brand new news to talk about. That was the case when Fallout 4 was a thing. That was the case, you know, when Dishonored 2 was a thing. And But now, it's it's so hard to get news. Yeah, you got to wait to that last month before the game comes out to get that weekly news. And and before that, it's like news every now and then, speculation, toss that in. Which isn't a bad thing, and we're still going to focus on that. But, Lone, what are we looking at right now? So, <laughs> we we are not... Okay, we, we want to make this clear, first of all, that this is not 100% concrete. Right now, we do want to get the feedback of viewers on this. So, please let us know your thoughts in the comments below. What do you want to see? And also, what do you think about what we're about to talk about now? But... We want to try and have a, a dedicated segment on general gaming news. We kind of had that before when we had the segment where we talk about the games we played this week and our favorite gaming news. We want to try and split that up a bit. So whenever there is Bethesda news, we will talk about that and we'll talk about that first up. And then we'll move on to a dedicated segment for general gaming news. So essentially, we're splitting what was one segment before into two different segments. And hopefully that might might add to the length of the podcast too. So again, if there's Bethesda news, we talk about it. If there's not, we don't talk about it. And we just move straight to general gaming news. Then we talk about, you know gaming news that just interests us and this podcast it's about the nintendo switch of course because it's you know uh in hype mode at the moment um it might be about some other games or some other hardware or consoles or, or whatever it is really there's nothing to hold us back with general gaming news and the importance of that is that there's always general gaming news going around like there's nothing that's going to prevent us from getting news each and every week which is the case when it's just purely focused on bethesda and we, we think that that's important for our podcast moving forward. First, it makes the, jo- the job easier for us because it's easy to get news in that regard. Yeah. But second of all, it also allows us to keep up to date with the, with the games industry, you know, generally. And people that are watching the podcast would be able to, all right, I want to sit down this segment. I know exactly what happened in games this week and we can move forward. And would you agree with that, Matty? Would you think that's beneficial? Yeah. I also think that... What this new format allows us to do is, because we're going to be accessing more games in general, um, we can apply our, I'd like to call it like the Fallout 4 formula we had, where we brought in voice actors and directors from the game before launch for interviews. And so what we're looking to do is taking, for example, uh, a big hyped game right now is probably Mass Effect. Aspect. Yeah, take the voice actors from the new protagonist for that, <clears throat> maybe interview them on their experience so far, or a director and how they're writing the story, stuff along those lines to get more insight, to get more special guests on the podcast. Where, you know, what made this podcast special really was the Bethesda focus. So we're not getting rid of that whatsoever. No. It's just more so we're spreading the wings here 
and we're, we're making sure that when there's Bethesda stuff, we're the ones right on top of it because we're the ones who most of you guys look to for that reaction. But we want to make sure that when there's not Bethesda stuff, that the podcast is equally as exciting, something you guys want to look forward yeah. to on those like technically off weeks for Bethesda. Yeah, and it's something. so we have something to rely back on because, again, there's not always that news going around. So we'll have that general gaming news segment. Then we'll talk again about the games that we've played this week, and then we go on to fan questions. So it's not really a drastic change. And to be honest, it's kind of what we've been doing yeah, for a while now. But we <laughs> Exactly, and we're solidifying it a little bit more. So, again, please let us know what you think if you don't agree with that, if, if there are any changes you want us to make. But... We we think that this is important for the podcast moving forward because, yeah, it, it's just it's too hard to get news every week when it yeah. doesn't exist. It's just the reality. I agree. So those are some changes coming in 2017. Nothing huge. A lot of people like to do the drastic overhaul for 2017. But uh-huh. we got some other changes coming up in the future that we'll talk about more for the podcast. But for now, uh, these are the, the main changes that we want to make you guys aware of right off the bat with yeah. the uh, exit of Noah, the introduction of someone new, which I'm sure you guys will hear from quite soon, and some format changes. So we hope you guys are excited, and like Galone said, we want to hear what you have to say in order to adjust to your feedback and, and make sure the show is good for you guys. Yeah. So with that out of the way, how about we talk about video games? Fuck yeah, let's talk about the Switch! <laughs> so Maddie and I, again, because news has been dry, we... Wanted to do a big predictions podcast on the Nintendo Switch because the presentation for the Switch is next week. Uh, I think for Australia, it's Friday at 3 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard. What what is it the case in the U.S., Maddie? Thursday? Ooh, see, I think it's Thursday at 8 p.m. I don't even know. <laughs> I just I want to say it's Thursday at 8 p.m. I think that's my guess. <clears throat> let me, let me give it a quick search. Um, but yeah, so this presentation's coming out. Maddie will get the time for you, US people. But um, we wanted to talk about all of our predictions because right now the Nintendo Switch hype train is really in rumor mill at the moment. Yes, and big time. We, we, we thought that if we can give all our predictions, have the presentation come next Friday, and then that would be perfect timing for us the next day, literally, to record the podcast again and say, all right, oh, what did th- you, what did you give it right? right? Yeah, there you go. So what, what we got oh, wait, right, wait, what wait, we got wait, wrong. Wait, 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 sorry. Thursday, wait, the 12th is Thursday, correct? Yes. Yes, Thursday, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard. So, great. I'll, I'll be up nice fucking late watching this <laughs> shit. Can never I'll, be early I'll be, for me. It's going to be a good time for me. Actually, I'll be at work, so that'll be interesting. Talking to my boss. I need to watch the Switch presentation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it'll, it'll be perfect timing for us once we get back uh, from the presentation next week. Uh, for the next podcast to see whether whether we were close with our predictions. So we want to do that now, and we made a little bit of a list. Um, and I think the first prediction that we should probably talk about is the price of the Nintendo Switch. I think that's the one thing that everyone really wants to know. So, Maddie, what do you think is going to be the price of the Nintendo Switch? It's tough because it's got some interesting tech. That's the thing. You're, the goal yeah. of the system is to take console games on the go entirely. So yeah. the example they use and I always go to is Skyrim. That's a big game. I can't imagine tech for that being cheap, but also Nintendo wants the console to sell and you're competing against established companies like PlayStation, Xbox, yeah. who have systems that were selling for 250 during the holiday season, 250 a piece. So my guess with all that accounted for is between 300 and 350. 
See, I would say it's going to be... I want to say 300. If I was to give a definitive price, it'd be 300. I think because of the rumors that I've heard, there's going to be two different models for the Nintendo Switch. There's going to be one base model, and there's going to be one that has a bundled game with a little bit more storage, okay. which I think, to be honest, most people are going to get. Um, I think that that base model will be 250 and I think the bundle will be 300 I was looking at some of the prices uh, on GameStop's US website for the prices of the Xbox One and PS4. Fuck, there are a lot of bundles, can I just say? Like, yeah. fuck me. Like, there are different games and different hard drive sizes and, and whatever. But the the general consistency I saw, you know, uh, barring all specials that were going on in sales, those consoles are about $300. Is, is that right, Maddie? Yeah. Around there? Yeah. Rough. Yeah. I mean, during the holidays, they all dropped off the 250 But, yeah, they're back to around 300 And we saw how detrimental it was with the Xbox One being bundled with the Kinect because that price difference or the differential between the ps4 from memory was about a hundred dollars that really hurt xbox one sales initially and they've started to catch up especially in the us and that's because of this heavy price reduction that they've been having to the 250 to 300 mark i think that if the nintendo switch really wants to be competitive it needs to hit it can't hit more than 300 i'm i'm happy if there was a really good bundle at 350 maybe an awesome amount of storage and maybe one to two games but I, I don't think it should go above 300 and definitely not 350 if it, if it goes 400 that's too expensive that's way too expensive and and I think that's on par with what the Xbox one originally was in the, in the US so I think they want to stay away with that, from that fucking price point with a 10 foot pole mm-hmm. um, so that's that's my prediction for the for the switch yeah I'd say around the 300 and then a bundle be like 350. Yeah, which yeah. is the one most people will get. Like maybe it'll come with a like a Wii Sports esque game, like one of those starter games, and the extra controller and something yeah. else. I don't fucking know, like Pro Controller or whatever it is. But you you say that you know because of the hardware, it might be upwards of of three fifty. But we'll talk about the specific our spec pre- predictions later. But the hardware in and of itself, is not that revolutionary in the sense. Like, I, I know that you can you know, dock it and you can play it on the go and, and whatever, but in terms of the actual raw graphical capabilities of the Switch, what I've heard is that it's not even on par to a PS4 or Xbox One. And if there's going to be any real price... I not either. I'm just thinking... No, no, I don't think anyone did, to be honest. But I'm, I'm saying that I, I don't think that because of that, I don't think that the Switch is going to be as expensive as some people might think. I think that... Mm-hmm. Nintendo, they might want to price it at a stage where they're making a profit on each console, probably. But I don't think it's going to be as expensive as some people might think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I saw it for 300 350 I'd, I'd jump right on top of it. I'm probably going to yeah. jump on it regardless. I wouldn't say regardless of price. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not out of hype, though, because like I know there's games I'm going to want to cover on it. Like seeing Skyrim on there, okay, like I definitely want to make a video just discussing that more how it runs, how it feels. So for me, I see a lot of potential in it for uh, experiencing other games. Yeah. So that's why I'm probably going to jump on it no matter what. But I mean, like put it this way, I'll put 300, 350 on it without regret. But once it hits 400, I'll sit there and be like, oh, this hurts. You know what I'm saying? So that's the double take. And and that's the thing though, Matty, like we're saying this as, and I agree with you that I'd purchase it around that price point. I think for for Australians, that would be around the four. 400 mark uh, roughly Ooh, right, anyways right. australian aud that is um 
But we're saying this as, as hardcore gamers that are really excited for the Switch. We also need to think about the more casual market that Nintendo is trying to appeal to. And, of course, initially you'll have your hardcore fans that are buying it at a, at a 300 to 350 But in terms of casual people wanting to get into games, which Nintendo is undoubtedly trying to market to, especially by the tone of their latest uh, advertisement or their launch advertisement, I don't know whether casual lay people would want to buy a console that's that's priced at 350 plus. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Nintendo Switch is really going to take off maybe once there's a, a price cut of some sort. I understand that initially they have the price at that point, but yeah, uh, they yeah, can't I mean, go too high. Yeah, what, what Nintendo needs to realize is right now the market's already established. They're coming in so late. Like people will, if the price isn't right, people will literally see that and turn their head and say, oh, I'm going to get a PS4 or an Xbox One because my friends have that already. Why invest in something new? Because then all your friends got to invest in that new thing. So they really need to be smart with this, especially because things are moving forward where during this E3, for sure, we're hearing more about the Xbox Scorpio, which is being claimed to be the most, by Xbox, mind you, they're saying that it's the most powerful game console ever created. So... Those yeah. are hefty words, and, and if someone sees that or hears about that and wants to wait for that and then make the decision in the summer on whether or not they should buy a Switch, yeah, you know that that's also a thing that could play into it. Yeah, so, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll see. So let, let's just summarize at this point. We think it's... Oh, I think it's going to be 300. That's going to be my specific prediction. What's yours? 300. Yeah, I'll say 300. 300. All right. So we'll come back to this podcast and see if we're fucking right. I hope we are, Maddie. I hope yeah, we're like dead be... on with this shit. <laughs> it really skyrocket our credibility. Damn straight. All right. So let's talk about launch games. And specifically, I, I think we should talk about uh, Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda first, because there's a lot of different rumors that are going around. And for people that don't know, um, initially, there was a rumor that Nintendo Switch was uh, sorry, uh, Breath of the Wild was going to be delayed. And it was going to be delayed because of a lot of uh, localization issues. So essentially, the, the Nintendo of Europe team said that it's going to, t- or rumored, rumored anyways, that it's going to take much longer than anticipated to localize the game for European markets. Because, of course, with European markets, they don't just speak English, they speak French, Spanish, Italian, etc. So that was going to take longer than expected. Um, and there was a chance that Breath of the Wild wasn't going to be a launch title in March and that it could be delayed. And instead, there would be a Mario game. Of some sort. Mm. Now the rumors are that for Japan and America, North America, the that Breath of the Wild will be a launch title because those localization issues aren't as bad because it's English and Japanese, right? Um, that, that there's no need to to localize to any other languages. But with Europe, that it still might be delayed because of those issues. So I guess the first predic- prediction that we need to make around is breath of the wild going to be a launch title is it going to be uh a launch title for one territory and not for other territory what do you think about breath of the wild your predictions for that being a launch title or not if i'm nintendo i want as many people to play that game as possible because that's going to be probably their first definitive game for the console that's going to be the like you think nintendo switch you think breath of the wild like that's probably what they want so if i'm them if you got to delay the launch for EU by a month, then I say just wait that extra month for the entire thing. Because if people, because here's the thing is that if I'm a gamer, uh, not if I'm a gamer, if I'm like a more casual gamer, I like Zelda, and I buy the system, and I see within a month that the big game I'm waiting for is going to be there, 
that's not too long of a wait where I think that the purchase wouldn't be wasted, if that makes yeah. any sense. Uh, it's not like you're jumping the gun. It's not like you have to wait you know, a couple of months and then you can buy the console down the line, right? You know, it would still get people buying the console on day one, no matter mm. what. Um, mm. So for me, I think if I'm Nintendo, you want everyone talking about Zelda because I, I have no doubt in my mind this is going to be a game that's reviewed incredibly well. Even though I'm not like the hugest yeah. Zelda fan, I, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to do very well critically and, and with the fans. So for me, I'd want everyone talking about it. Social media, word of mouth is like the best form of marketing, really. Yeah, so, and importantly, what you don't want to do is create animosity between different territories. You yeah. don't want one territory to feel left out because when you look at the European uh, game market, that market is so heavily invested in the PS4, it isn't funny. A lot of the times when Xbox One is talked about outselling the, the PS4, that's always about North America. When you look at Europe, the PS4 is kicking the Xbox One's ass fucking left, right, and center. That's yeah. happening on a consistent basis. So as you said before, Matty, you that really needs something to try and incentivize gamers in, the, in Europe especially to, to get away from their PS4, to get away from the console that all their friends own, and purchase something else. And one way to be able to do that is one, by having Breath of the Wild on there as a launch title. But secondly, not feel like that they're being, I guess treated worse just because they're in a, in a different market because if that happens they're going to be like well fuck it i'll keep playing my exactly. ps4 or i go buy a ps4 so that's a definite risk that i think of, of course the easy answer is to say that you know nintendo should release it as a launch title but it's obviously not that uh simple right i think m- my predictions specifically are that they'll release it as a launch title across the globe and if there are any localization issues with languages etc those will be patched in that's my guess. I, I think if they can release the game in North America with an English localization from Japanese, mm-hmm. then they can easily do it, do that with the English version in Europe, in, in Australia, in other territories, and then later patch in uh, a localized version. Because at least that's something, isn't it? Yeah, just for me, like I think you kind of solidified my point when you were like, you don't want to create animosity, especially with how I didn't even think how deep the EU is in to the PS4. You know, that that couple-week delay, uh, you know, we live in a generation of gamers who, like, now, 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 launch date, I gotta get the game. Uh, Even though that sucks, I think people should just be more patient with their games. That's how it is. (laughs) And so, for me, I, you know, if you already got your PS4, you already got your games, and you hear that, oh, I'm getting it two weeks late, most people will go, fuck that then, you know? Yeah. But we gotta remember, though, this is Zelda, this is Nintendo. There's a chance that there's nostalgia, there's sentimental value there. Uh, where people might say, oh, you know, I might get this. So I think if I'm Nintendo, I don't want to take any chances. That's what I'm thinking. You you want to take the smart and safe course throughout this entire thing. If you, if they got to wait a month, that's fine. You know, yeah. if everyone, I'm saying everyone, mind you, has to wait a month so that everyone gets it at the same time, I think that's fine. Because as someone who likes JRPGs a lot, for example, I, I can't describe how much it bothers me when Japan gets the game two months early. It bothers me so much. <laughs> it, I'm not even kidding. I know those out there who listen, who like JRPGs, suffer for the same thing. That everyone's playing the game, all the spoilers are out, the excitement's kind of gone, and then the Americas get it. It's like, okay, great. Now we finally have some fun. But, and, and we we get that with not just games as well, but especially with anime. Like, for example, Dragon Ball Super, right? Yeah. I, I know we're talk- we, we've just completely switched the discussion to talk about Japanese anime. I know, but it's it's important because, say with that anime, right? 
after about, what is it, a year of seeing the Japanese version, we are just about to get the very first episode of the English dub. That's insane. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. we are so excited. And, and we get, like, I'm not being ungrateful because I understand that there, you know, there are issues with localization and getting the English voice actors in and making sure it's fit for an English audience. I understand all that. But it's just saying that it still feels shitty as someone that's in an English-speaking territory that has, that has to wait that long. And I've been watching the Japanese version fine, but not many people have been doing that. So applying that to the Nintendo Switch scenario, I couldn't imagine how it would feel to be in another territory, listening and reading about people playing, you know, Breath of the Wild, saying how great of a game it is, and thinking, well, why can't I get it? And and, and putting aside, again, all of those understandable things about localization, etc., it still feels shitty. You know, it doesn't matter how you cut it. It still feels shitty if you are prevented getting something because of that uh, delay in, in release. And this has happened in Australia recently, Maddie, with Marvel vs. Capcom 3, the ultimate version. It's been delayed because of classification issues hmm. in Australia by two months. Interesting. People feel shit about that, right? Yeah. Well, that's so, especially because a lot of people are excited for Infinite. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what, are your, what are your predictions about Breath of the Wild? Do you think it's going to have a staggered release date? Do you think that they're going to release... solid just... global release date is my guess. You think they're going to go for it? I don't, yeah, I don't know when. I don't think it'll be... I don't know if it'll be launch or not. That, that's one thing I'm indecisive about. I, I can't... Because there's a chance it could be a Mario game, right? I, I think there's a, a good possibility of that. Because mm. I, I feel like you're going to have two big launch titles, or three. Uh, you mm. look at the PS4, the Xbox One, each of them had the three big launch titles. Um, none of them were particularly good, but, I mean, I, I like Dead Rising 3, but, like... You know, ah, I'm so uh, lukewarm on that game. Yeah, Xbox One, but that's the thing, none of them were really good. Xbox One had Rise, Son of Rome, uh, they have Dead a Rising Halo? 3, and something else. And then PS4 that. had like Killzone, Shadowfall, which is okay. That's right. Yeah. Mac and something else. <laughs> I, I can't remember <laughs> the third for either of them. But what I'm saying is that they weren't spectacular and the system no. still sold. So what I'm thinking is that for the Nintendo Switch, they're going to at least have two big games. Mm. One of them could be Breath of the Wild. The other could be, oh man, imagine it's like a new Metroid game. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be I'd fucking be, awesome. I'd be very so, so you're saying, so you're saying that globally it's going to be released, you know, on the same day or close to the same day, no matter what. I'm saying that they're going to release the English version and then patch in localized versions later. Yeah, correct. It's, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we get that information because not only is there like the regular presentation next week, there's also a, a second Treehouse presentation where they're going more into depth about the games that are being released. So we might have to keep an eye on that as well to to see what else is. Um, coming out and when it's coming out. But let's talk about this unannounced Mario game because right now, all that we've heard about this other Mario game is that it'll be the launch title if Breath of the Wild is not the launch title. Do you think that we'll hear anything about this random Mario game? Because we know that Mario Kart Switch is probably going to be coming, but something like you know Super Mario 64, for example, do you th- or, or Mario Galaxy, do you think that we're going to hear anything about that if they're going to get yeah. Breath of the Wild out as the launch title? Yeah, show some gameplay. Uh, because what they need to do, what they obviously need to do is establish their first-party titles. That's their strongest suit, is that Nintendo has arguably yeah. the best exclusives. But They have the best exclusives. Like, I, I, I've yeah. always said that, in yeah, my opinion, probably. anyways. But continue. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with that. But 
they got it for me i think the biggest point you need to hammer home is your third party support that was what killed the wii u in a lot of ways was that just no one fucking made games for yeah. it and when they did they were months late it was terrible mm. you know like i always look at watchdogs as that example that came out like i don't even remember how many months late but it only sold like a couple hundred thousand copies like, like i think most people probably bought it as like a haha watchdogs yeah. on the wii u was stupid yeah. so that's what I, if i'm nintendo like yeah you're gonna have your big first party games but i'd be focusing i i'm going to personally be looking for a third party because Here's the thing is that with Nintendo, I know I'm going to get my Zelda, Mario, yeah. Star Pokemon. Fox, Pokemon, hopefully on the Switch. Oh, yeah. We're talking about that next, but go on. <laughs> but, you know, I, for me, what I, and I'm not saying that that's like a shortcoming or something I'm taking for granted. I'm more so just saying that I would love to hear more about the third-party support. Just seeing other games running on the system, not mm. through a trailer, but actually like here's three minutes of this. Here's two minutes of this, five minutes of this, something along those lines, just to show that. There are cool, exciting games coming to the Nintendo Switch. So our next section, we'll be talking about third-party games and support, so we'll, so we'll get to that. What I do want to ask, Maddie, is do you think that we're going to be getting a Pokemon Stars? There's been rumors about Pokemon Stars, essentially, you know, Sun and Moon. There's going to be a version for the Nintendo Switch. Do you think there will be Pokemon Stars, or do you think there's going to be a standalone Pokemon game for the Switch? Standalone, I don't think. Mm. I think like can't, can't we just get a like a Pokemon Skyrim game? Like can't that? Fucking that's be what I want so badly. <laughs> a Pokemon standalone game is probably the best idea, right? It's the yeah. best idea, uh, especially because when you think of it this way, the, the focus is like I've mentioned multiple times for the Switch is to take console gaming on the go. You already have Pokemon on the go, right? with moon just recently coming out and it was what yeah. it was the fastest selling pokemon game i think in the u.s uh, yeah. ever which is huge and well deserved mind you moon is a fucking amazing game sun and moon i played moon for mm. those who were wondering but I, I i think yes stars would be cool but just it wouldn't make much sense because all it would be doing is saying we have a pokemon game on the nintendo switch that's the vibe i'm getting i i think I think it's going to happen, though, because I and I understand what you're saying. I think it's going to happen because if it's an easy port, then why the fuck not? Like, so, if yeah. this is another title that can just be thrown onto the Switch with relative ease, I, I'm making it to be a, a huge oversimplification, but, you know, if it is a relative easy process relatively, I, I think that it's a no-brainer to put a Pokemon Stars on the Switch. Yeah, because yeah, if it's easy, do it. it Exactly. Like it, I know that they're probably going to be releasing some sort of other Pokemon game for the Switch sometime in the future. But if we're trying to bolster the number of games on this new console, then fuck yeah! Like just release it. Like no, I don't. I don't think anyone's going to ask the question. Well, why is this on the Switch? Like I, I think if there's an easy way, if you already own it on the 3DS to transfer your Pokemon over, possibly your saves over to the Switch. I don't think anyone that currently currently owns the game is going to feel shitty about it. And for people that are just getting into the Switch, what we have to remember is that a lot of people that would be buying the Switch are people that probably don't own a 3DS. They're probably people that are just getting into Nintendo again because we've, we haven't purchased a Nintendo console for ages, whether it's a Wii U, possibly a Wii as well. And I can't see many people, including myself, that a lot of people anyways, that also own a 3DS, right? Because, th- again, this console is trying to get in, in, in new gamers and I think getting Pokemon Stars on there would be a brilliant idea for those tr- kind of gamers that Nintendo's trying to win back. 
But there are some gamers who who literally only play Pokemon. It's really course, common. Yeah, it's really yeah. common that there are some gamers who literally they'll play one game a year, Pokemon. It's strange because uh, I can't really imagine doing that. But you all know, the time, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, but there there are people who do that. So I think Nintendo would be doing themselves a service by making a Pokemon game on the Switch. Do I expect it? Not really. I'd like to be surprised with it, but yeah. I personally don't. I, I don't think, this is my prediction, I don't think that it's going to be a launch title. I think it'll be something that's released a little bit down the line and it might be coming with a bundle of some sort. Um, but I think that the, a Pokemon Stars is coming eventually, but it won't be a launch title. So that's mm-hmm. that's my prediction for if that. If it's not going to be a launch title, then yeah, make it a standalone Pokemon game. Not even Stars that ties into Moon and Sun, like an actual new Pokemon game then. Because then, like, I, then I'll then i just know and I'd fucking buy a... I think so many people would just buy a system because of that right there. Just, oh yeah, new Pokemon game, standalone, open world? Okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just Pokemon Stadium, like something that's a, a, a true open world. And to be honest with you, I need ask you though is pokemon moon open world or is it not really it's very for a 3ds game it's very open tell you the truth there's a lot okay. of, it's it's most certainly the most 3d pokemon game yeah uh there's a lot of exploration there's no like grid travel system if you know what i mean Inst- as in like you can only go uh up down left right or like diagonal mm. it's like you can just run in circles no problem stuff like that that's cool um, the way like you encounter enemies is the instead of like they see you and walk up to you like they'll see you in the distance and call out to you and you'll battle from a distance. Mm. Uh, so it's a lot more natural in that way. So yeah, it, there was a lot of subtle changes that made I think Pokemon Moon a, a lot more appealing of a Pokemon game in general. So for me, I, I just I'd be so on board for a new Pokemon game. Uh, yeah, I, I do have to say though. That I wouldn't mind like a Pokemon Stadium three or something like that. It <laughs> would said, be fun. It you said Pokemon fun. Stadium. I was like, oh, hold up. I'd love. <laughs> but that I, was really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I thought to myself, this would be a cool chance to make a more focused experience that maybe pushes some of the graphical power of the Nintendo Switch. Where I don't think this is going to be a graphical powerhouse, but. You you think of a more condensed experience like a Pokemon Stadium game where you're just kind of in the battlefield. There's there's good effects that can be shown off. You can really make the most realistic looking Pokemon in a video game ever. Yeah. I think there's a good opportunity there too. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking too deep into it, but still, I, I think that that might be something that they could look into as well. No, I, I think that's true. All righty. Well, let's just like to tie off this little bit of section about launch titles that I think we've kind of talked about games specifically published by Nintendo, but um in terms of other games that are going to be published by Nintendo, we'll see if we have any predictions about that. Of course, we talked about Breath of the Wild. Um, there's also going to be uh, Splatoon and Mario Kart. Do you have any kind of predictions about that? Do you think they're going to be launch titles? Did Mario Kart Switch leak? I think it did. Like, no, they, they had it in the in the launch video, and they had different kinds of gameplay that we hadn't seen in in mario kart so far so people are saying that you know from the wii u version it's going to be a similar version for the switch i saw like an eb games thing i think i sent it to you and oh, did uh, you? yeah I... and it was like a picture of the cover art for the nintendo switch's mario kart and it said like 30 new maps or, or tracks or something like that i think that's what it is yeah i think yeah. there's new tracks and maybe new carts as well so i think that's my, an easy prediction for for launch titles my biggest prediction is that they're going to take every big wii u game 
and just put them over onto the Switch and add new content. But that's so that, that's what they were saying for like I, I remember this ages ago, right? They were talking about how most of the really good games that are on the Wii U are going to be on the Switch. And I think there's, this is going to be a discussion when we get to the virtual console, but I think you're right about that. I, I really think that's... Because that's a smart plan of action to me, personally, is that, okay, Great. we have these games. They're obviously very good. Let's add new content to them and put them on the Switch where we're going to have a larger player base. And maybe, from there, revive these games and give them more support after you're their right. secondary launch to keep gamers playing them. Yeah, because importantly, not many people own this. You can scatter the launch of these too. You got so many good Wii U games. Not so many, but you have a a good handful of Wii U games that you can redo and put on the Switch that you don't have to put them all out on launch day. But then if you do, you got got a good selection of games. Still, point being is that I I think that would be a good route for them to take as well. Well, well, that we're talking about the virtual console now, essentially. Let's just do some of our predictions for the virtual console. So we know that obviously there will be a virtual console for the Switch. We've seen rumors or heard rumors that there are going to be GameCube titles for the virtual console in addition to other ones. So what are your general predictions about the virtual console for the Nintendo Switch? You know, what kind of consoles do you think, like Nintendo consoles in the past, do you, th- do you think will be supported? What kind of games do you think will get on the virtual console? Things like that. I think the virtual console, I've actually never tried it before. I have to be completely honest. But, um, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I saw you were playing. I think Zelda or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, it's. I'd say it's going to be the same virtual console as before. You know, the, the backwards compatibility for most Nintendo's older, most of Nintendo's older systems. But yeah, I think the addition of GameCube is going to be the biggest stick for a lot of people. Damn because right, the, yeah. the GameCube was so loved. It was such an obs- just a weird system. It was so different, but I loved it so much. But it was awesome, little, right? Little cube and a tiny fucking disc. It was an adorable <laughs> game console. It was literally the cutest thing. It was such a Nintendo console yeah. with like the different disc and the shape. Got, it had a little handle on the back so you could carry it. So, <laughs> like it was, they, they, oh man, I loved the GameCube so much. I'd love to see Fuck, a, a lot of GameCube games come back. For me, I can't think... I mean, Metroid Prime was a GameCube game I played a lot of. I can't think of... Uh, Star Fox Assault. That's a that's an underrated Star Fox game, okay? I know not a lot of people liked how Star Fox went from the ship to on the boots... You know, boots on ground, third-person shooter. Yeah. I fucking thought that was the sickest thing, though. I had so much fun with that, so I'd like to play that again. Mm. But I, I really did play a lot of third-party titles on the uh, GameCube. I played Naruto Clash of Ninja. That was a yeah. fucking awesome fighting series. Yeah. So those are a couple that come to mind. I'd have to go through my old game drawer and look at some. Well, of my for mem- for games. memory, for me, um, I think games that from from the GameCube era that are going to be on the Virtual Console. I have to say, first up, it needs to be Super Mario Sunshine. That game is. I don't know if it's available on other consoles, but I remember playing it on the GameCube. That game was so underrated. It, it's seen as kind of like. The, the one of the worst uh, Mario games, but it was really fun. Genuinely, Delfino was such an awesome setting. Like, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, Wind Waker, I know that that was probably on the uh, on another console as well, but I remember playing it on the GameCube. I'd love to see Wind Waker. What, what, Maddie? You don't like it? I don't like Wind Waker at all. Ah, oh, oh, <laughs> no! What I do you fuck, mean you don't like Wind Waker? I fucking Waker? hate that game. <laughs> what? Oh, hold the fucking phone. Why? It's just... Hmm. 
See, here's the thing. It's, have you ever, like, played a game and someone asks you, well, why don't you like this game? And your only reason is, like, it's just not good. But it's great, though. It's a great I really, game. I don't feel that way about Wind Waker. It's just that those, You're breaking my heart. those beginning sections are so fucking... Can, not, not even confusing is the right word because that, that makes me sound like, oh, you're just an idiot. So that's why you didn't like it. No, it's just more so that it doesn't even know what it wants to do with itself because it like tries to treat it like a stealth game, but then like, oh, a typical Zelda game, but hey, we're more open here. Oh, here's some combat. Try that out. Like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck do you want to do? Oh, sail your boat, dude. Like, okay, so you're trying to do a lot of things at once and you didn't really execute any of them quite well, in my opinion. Uh, the, the game's guidance system, like the maps and shit, just nope, nope. Wind Waker's a big N.O. for me. Come on, Matthew. Seriously. This this isn't an opinion from, like, a younger Matthew. Like, oh, you just got bad memories. Like, no, I I tried playing it, like, a couple of years ago. And I was just like, this... this, I can't believe you. Legitimately cannot believe you right now. (laughs) Wind Waker, I, I know people, like... At the time, we're looking for a more realistic Legend of Zelda and the one that they got in the form of Wind Waker. So for, for people that don't know, let, let me backtrack, right? People always wanted a realistic-looking version of Legend of Zelda, right? And there was a tech demo. I think it was at, like, uh, Space World or something, some sort of, uh, like, kind of E3-esque, you know, conference. And they released this tech demo for the GameCube, and it was a very realistic-looking Legend of Zelda, which we eventually got in, in Twilight Princess, right? Um, but no, people... See, that, was, that was a fucking good game, though. Twilight Princess. And, and that's exactly the point that I'm making now, is because I think a lot of people, that the reason why they didn't like Wind Waker was not because of the game itself. It was because of the look. It's because it felt like a kid's game. I really do think that that was a big reason why Wind Waker, Wind Waker didn't go over so well because people were looking for this realistic Legend of Zelda and they didn't get it, and that left a p- bad taste in people's mouths. But it's a really good game. Like It needs to be given another chance, Matty. Really. Yeah, maybe if Come- I find the time. The okay, well, predictions. All right, predictions. That's <laughs> going to be on the virtual console, as is Super Mario Sunshine. Luigi's Mansion. All right, that fucking yeah, needs to get on there. Let's see you on. Um, what else? I'm, tr- I'm trying to trying to think of... I don't think there's any other really good GameCube games that oh, I played. Oh, 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 uh... What was the Mario soccer game, Strikers? Or was that the baseball game? Was that F... Oh, hold up. It was like no, Mar- Mario something Strikers? I don't know, man. You play some weird-ass games. Let, let's do. be honest. <laughs> I don't I know. know what you're talking about. Let me hear it. I'll, I'll look it up. Hold on. Look it up. Um, but in terms of other games, I think... Star Wars Rogue Leader. Yeah, let's let's get that back, huh, Maddie? Yes. You'd like that. Um, Super Smash Bros. Melee, yeah, here, obviously. Here it is. Super Mario Strikers, known as Super Mario Football in Europe and Australia, is a five-on-five football game. Have you, have you, never, have you never seen it? Never. never it's a, it's a, you'd love it, dude. It's a Super Mario soccer game. Are, are you predicting that that's going to be on the virtual console? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Only on GameCube. No what <laughs> dude but it was like okay okay here i'm just gonna send you a fucking i'm gonna send you a screenshot okay send me it send me it it's a nice yeah. screenshot of some some in-action gameplay of mario versus donkey kong <laughs> and you're gonna go like whoa i apologize to everyone who actually you know what never mind never mind never mind that's it's fine good. but 
I think those are going to be the main virtual console games from the from the GameCube era. In terms of other virtual console games we can predict on, I think those are a relatively safe bet. You know, we're going to see the typical ones from the 64 era. We're going to see Super Mario 64. We're going to see Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, like those kinds of games that are already on the virtual console. Um, games, I don't know how they're going to handle games from the SNES era because of the mini NES. Oh, sorry, NES era. Turtles in Time, that's okay. Do you know Turtles in Time was taken off? Like, what was the new Turtles game that was taken off the Steam oh, I, store? I, I, made a, I made a whole video on it, dude. Don't worry. Is that coming? All right. I'm going to make sure. Did you know, I, 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 yeah, you, it's early for you where we're recording today. But, yeah, you, you should catch <laughs> up on some of my Activision tweets. I sent you the picture, by the way. So you should Thank give you. that a peep. All righty. Well, I think – do you have any other predictions on the virtual console? But I, I no. think we've covered most of them. Nah. No. No more right. predictions for that. Alrighty, so let's let's talk about. Oh my god, that that picture looks awesome. That looks right. so cool. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> yeah, right, bring that shit back. <laughs> no, okay, bring that shit. Actually, looks like a lot of fun, especially right. with the with the researchers like games like Rocket League and stuff. I think yeah, that'll be fucking awesome. Um, alrighty, let's talk about third party games and support. All right, I'm gonna predict, and I think you'll have to agree with me that Skyrim will be a launch title for the for the Switch. And here's why, okay? You don't show it in the launch advertisement without it being an important title, without it coming in the first place. And I think it's going to be a launch title. The reason why Bethesda wouldn't, wasn't talking about it, I don't think was because it's not coming. I also think it was because Nintendo wants to really control the marketing for everything. And they want everything to be released, you know, at, or to be talked about at a certain date, which is next week, obviously. I think that they just wanted the advertisement itself to be in the minds of audiences and they didn't want the publishers that are working with them to talk about the games that are coming out. I think that Skyrim will be a launch title. What do you think? No, I agree. I, I completely 100% agree. Skyrim will be a fucking launch title. It's got to be because... Here's the thing is that there are the gamers out there who don't like current Nintendo exclusives, but maybe they like the idea of the Switch, the idea of let me play on the go. And that's what the Switch has yeah. going for it is that, I'm going to say it again, you can take console games on the go. So for me, if I'm someone who doesn't like Nintendo games, but I like the idea of gaming on the go, I'd love the idea of taking Skyrim over to my friend's house without having to take wires with me and shit. Just boom. Yeah. Bring the bring the whole game with you. So, yeah, I, I really think this has to be a launch title. Just the idea of a big open game like Skyrim where you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting hundreds of hours of content. You're getting a ton of fun with it. It's been played up and down throughout the entire internet. Like, there's not really anything that should push you away from buying this game if you like mm. that type of game. So I think it's, it's a win scenario for uh, Nintendo where they need right. to make this a launch title. For the third so party. So, Maddie and I are predicting that Skyrim will be a launch title for the Nintendo Switch. Let's, I'll, I'll quickly check off some other rumored third party games or confirmed third party games. So, Beyond Good and Evil 2 by Ubisoft. Do you think that's going to be a launch? Uh, have we even seen gameplay for that? I can, don't know, bro. Don't yeah. know. No, I don't Just know where that list. came from. I don't know where that came from. No. No. All right. No. Um, that random basketball game that's probably by 2K that was shown in the in, in the launch trailer. Do you think that's going to be <laughs> 2K16 or 2K17? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe I don't know. All right, I, I don't think there's there's much else. Like if I'm going to go down the list of third party games that have been confirmed, there's Just Dance by Ubisoft, Sonic 2017, Dragon Quest, uh, Quest 
Uh, ukulele, that would be fucking awesome. That would be, by the way. That'd be a great fit. I don't know if that's going to be a a launch title, though. I don't know how far along that is. Ukulele's coming out in April, I think, so that can't be a launch title. It could be a launch window title. Yeah. Stardew Valley. Matty, you've played that, that, haven't you? Yes, great fit. That would be a really, yep, yep. I I love that. That would be awesome. Mm. Uh, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. What the fuck is that, bro? I think that's a <laughs> like adventure game. That's what they call it, like the point and click. That that just does not sound like I. It interests me. Uh, Lego City Undercover. <laughs> Why? Why that Lego game? Why not like the Force Awakens or some shit? Like. A good of Lego course, game. it's Maddie. That's like, why not the Star Wars Lego game? Bring that to the Switch. Fuck. <laughs> that's true. I'm so I'm such a fucking piece of shit. Honestly, <laughs> it's not not uh, that Lego game. Not the one that I don't want. <laughs> Fuck that. Like the question was, do you think it's gonna be a launch title? Yeah, but why would it be? Because it's a shit game. Bring another game. <laughs> Fuck that game. <laughs> To be honest, though, all right, and this is this is leading to our predictions about just generally third-party support for the Switch. It seems a bit light on right now, and I and I understand that because it's just about to come out, right? What are your just general predictions about third-party support for the Switch? I Rant about that. I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. Like, I think Nintendo needs to show, for example, that they're not just going to be a kids console. Like, what would be a big win for that is to bring Doom to the Switch. That's the first game that comes to mind. Bring. Something along Do you think that's going to be a good fit, though? It's not about fitting. If they want to compete with the third party, they got to get as many games on there as possible. And I think they should pick from the best games that came out in 2016. And I think in the terms of mature rating games, you want Doom on your system. Yeah. I think that would show that Nintendo will make an M-rated game, you know, which they have with the Wii U. But I'm saying establish that with third-party support because it's very much viewed as a kid system so if you see in the reveal for the nintendo switch that some dude some demons getting his head crushed under the doom soldier's boot and then you show some (laughs) gameplay for that i think that would kind of set the tone like yeah we're gonna bring those games too guys like i said you're nintendo you really right now are not in a position to be too safe like just put it all out there do do you think that third-party publishers and developers are going to jump on the Switch and start creating games and porting games for it immediately? Or do you think it's going to be a very, very drawn-out process or somewhere in between? I view it like the PS4 Pro or the HDR support where I think it might... It'll be... I think it's more difficult than making those patches, but I think it'll be not as hard to port the game over as people might think. And with that said, I I don't think Nintendo's literally going to have an entire game library from this past generation so far, ported onto their Switch. I think the big titles will make their way in there for third-party support, and from that point onwards, they're going to have games launch on the Switch along with everyone else's console. And and, and I think that the reason why we're seeing Skyrim, for example, is because it's just, even though it's like the the not most modern-looking game, it was just something that Bethesda could have more easily done. And it, it's a game that, you know, it's not really that violent. I, I think that was a really good fit for it. And it was a great test case to show that, yeah, the Nintendo Switch can handle these kinds of looking games, even though it's from 2011. What's, but What's really weird, though, is I, I'm not saying this, like, out of, out of bitterness, more so out of question, is why Skyrim, what about Fallout 4? Isn't that, 
that's kind of weird, right? You're not going to go with, I mean, technically Skyrim is special edition. It's the most recent Bethesda Game Studios title in all technicality. But I'm talking about, like, Fallout 4 is still being worked on in the sense of you have the VR port going on. Wouldn't it make sense also to have that on the Switch? I've actually, I've asked myself why it was Skyrim Special Edition and not Fallout 4. Might just be because Skyrim's current now. But I don't, I don't know about that, Maddie, because I, I was trying to say, all right, well, which is the mo- mo- more popular franchise at this stage? To be honest, I think Fallout at this stage is more popular, not because it's a better, better franchise, but because yeah. of the way the gaming uh, industry has grown since 2011, since Skyrim was released. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a, a a perfect storm for Fallout 4 when it was released. It sold stupidly well, like absolutely ridiculously well. And I think I'm confident that it sold better than Skyrim, right? Yeah, it did. Seven hundred fifty million dollars in three days. It it had to. Have that's, sold that, better. That, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. So yeah, for, for those reasons, I was confused as to why it wasn't Fallout 4. But we know that Fallout 4 VR is in development. Maybe they didn't want to detract away from that. We know that Nintendo Switch hardware-wise, is not as strong as a PS4 or Xbox One, so perhaps Skyrim Special Edition was much easier to get onto the hardware uh, of the Switch instead of Fallout 4, which is a more modern game, even though people say it doesn't look good, blah, 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 blah. It's still a very demanding game, right? Uh, And definitely much more demanding than a game from 2011, even though it's remastered. Mm -hmm. So I think that... I think the process was just easier for Skyrim. Bethesda was already working on Special Edition in in the terms of... Just being hands-on with it. And to be honest, Matty, they were probably working on Special Edition and Nintendo came to them and said, you know what, we need a game. And Bethesda was like, well, we're working on this game already. Let's just fucking start doing that too. Yeah, I, I think it I think was it's just like timing. A lot more simpler like that, yeah. Yeah. So, but in terms of my predictions for third parties, I don't think that third parties are going to be jumping on this console. I, I, there's been so much news about how, for example... Uh, developers of Mass Effect saying you're not going to be seeing Nintendo Switch on there anytime soon. You've been seeing Gearbox with Borderlands saying we're lukewarm on the on the Nintendo Switch. I think that obviously it's a catch twenty two. You know, it's the chicken versus the egg. You need uh, players on the console for developers to develop for it, but developers aren't going to like players. Like gamers aren't going to buy the console if developers aren't developing for it. So it's which comes first, and it's going to be a little bit more drawn out and slow uh, as my people might think. I think. You eventually, it's going to be like a domino effect. You'll get one publisher, another publisher, and another publisher starting to develop games for it very slowly as the console starts to get momentum and starts to sell very well. It, like, there's going to be publishers that are there supporting it with like a few specific titles. For EA, it'll be FIFA. For for Bethesda, of course, it's Skyrim. You, you know what I mean? For 2K, it'll be their, their NBA game. But I don't think that we're going to see this massive onslaught of third-party support even in the first year, I think it's going to be a much slower process than people might think. Um, you know, un- until the switch proves itself, because there's been not just in terms of relationship-wise with with publishers and developers between Nintendo, but also as well, just people did not like the publishers and developers did not support support the Wii U. They they were, I, I guess, at the start of the Wii U launch, there were very similar feelings to what we feel now with the Nintendo Switch. And publishers coming out and saying, like, I remember seeing this interview with Ken Levine saying, we're going to support the Wii U. It's a great console. And nothing ever happened with it, did it? Like, it's, it's a very similar, similar feeling. So I don't think that we're going to get third-party, like, massive third-party support in the first year or two. I think it's going to be much slower. That's my prediction. I think 
uh, if I'm Nintendo, that they're probably going to get as much support from whoever's willing to support them out of the gate uh, as possible. So I know Todd Howard in an interview specifically said, you know, I love the idea of the Nintendo Switch. I can't wait to support it. So there are developers for sure who are on board with it and are willing to sell their games on it. But I think usually you view these these console reveal events as something just for the consumer, right? Because you know that the games are going to be there no matter what, for for example, when the PS4 and the Xbox One were revealed. But uh, with the Nintendo Switch, I think game developers and publishers are going to be sitting down and watching, thinking like, okay, let's see what they have for us, and we'll move mm-hmm. on from there. But also, on the other side of things, they should know, because I've heard and read that Nintendo's been in direct contact many times with all these developers and publishers trying to keep them in tune uh, with what's going on because they didn't do that with Wii U. They literally made the system and, and just expected companies to make games for them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough, to be honest. I, I think Nintendo's got a, a little ways to go. Like It's, it's, it's nice and all having a, uh, uh, an animation or a picture or whatever they had with a bunch of logos of third-party supporters, but... I think that's just lip service at this stage. The Switch needs to prove itself in the eyes of those developers and publishers. Yeah. You there? Yeah, you just went silent. You right, no, Maddie? Was, yeah, no, I was reading. I was reading. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about our predictions for the specs and the power and the battery life and all those hardware aspects of the Nintendo Switch. Let's first talk about just specs and power, all right? What, what, what are your predictions about the Switch? What do you think, in terms of power-wise, it's going to compare to with the PS4, Xbox One, etc.? Like how much power it's going to need to run or or just how, how just, much battery life it's going to have? Is that Everything. Like how, how powerful do you think it's going to be comparative, comparatively with those consoles? I think it'll be a little bit weaker, but I, I understand that because you're trying to make it a mobile gaming platform in a certain way. Mm. But... I'm not expecting a tremendous drop-off because I think that'll just turn off a lot of gamers right away. Um, as for the battery life, though, I think that's the biggest part of it all. Yeah. Now, this is coming from someone who does do handheld gaming a lot. I Bring find up the my... beta. Do it. No, no, I'm thinking for <laughs> real that when I do a lot of my handheld gaming, it's not necessarily I view it as on-the-go, as, like, you know, they, they promote in all these commercials and stuff. They're on the train... Yeah, they're yeah. on the bus, they're playing their Vita or whatever. For me, it's usually like I'm going to a friend's house, I want a game while they do something else, I'm going to bring my yeah. Vita or my 3DS. And so usually there's a charger nearby, but sometimes you're not having access to a charger or maybe you're in the car ride, that's a place I use my 3DS mm. or my Vita a lot, but it's not for this extended period of time. So for me, a four to five hour battery life, which is what my 3DS, what my Vita offers me, suits me perfectly fine. And I think you can get a lot out of those four to five hours that not a lot of people realize. And especially since this is a home console, I I think that most people will be gaming in front of their TV. But if they were to say, okay, I'm going to go out and, for example, pick up a sandwich. While you're waiting for your sandwich for like 20 minutes or so, you're playing on your Switch. And then you grab your sandwich, you go back home, put it back in the port, it's charging. So I think for a, a game system that's designed to take these console games and make them portable that a four to five hour battery life is would be sufficient. It really would be. Now, I, I've seen rumors talk about how the Switch could have a battery life anywhere from three to five hours. And I think that would fit. my prediction... I think three is a little low, but 
that's that's the thing. Three is a little low, but th- there's a lot of talk, of course, about and and a lot of the things about battery life is not just about the capability of the battery. It's also about how much uh, raw power that the the switch is outputting when it's not docked, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that again, there's been rumors about this too. When the switch is docked in it's this little fucking dock or whatever and playing on the tv it runs better there's more power like the, the, all of the power is in the actual switch itself but what's going to happen when you take it out of the dock everything's going to run a little worse you've got a small screen of course so that that makes sense but it's going to run a little worse because it's trying to preserve battery power as well and apparently the, when the, the switch when you take it out of the dock it's like 40 percent less powerful than what it is when it's in the dock and that's all because a, a lot of that is because of battery life. So I think that maybe it's going to be four hours. That's my prediction. It's going to be around four hours. Same. They'll probably give a, a, a random uh, range of like it'll be three and a half to four and a half or something like that, right? But a lot of that is going to depend on the game you're playing, on you know like the graphical requirements of the particular game, depending upon how much power and how much uh, oomph the switch does have when it's not docked. This it's dependent on so many different factors, and of course, battery de- degradation over time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it it could have five hours at, at launch when everyone buys them, but within a year, like most phones, it could degrade too. So it could very well go down to to three hours over time, and maybe below below that. So I'm gonna say my prediction is like four hours. That's that, and four hours, maybe a little bit more at launch before degradation. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. I didn't think of the over time the battery life will shrink a little bit, and and apparently you can't swap out the battery either. That makes that, that's not that's not a bad thing to me. Uh, it, but, it's so but isn't it's so it? tedious. I think of like for example, not even gaming systems, but my Turtle Beach X forty ones. It was such a pain in the ass having to constantly swap out batteries for that. Uh, it, it's much easier just to have something be rechargeable if I have to put it down for an hour or two than than swapping out batteries because here's the thing that a lot of <laughs> a good thing about gaming is that um or rather a good habit to develop while gaming is taking breaks so i like things personally that can recharge so i i put for example i'll play my vita for a couple hours and then i'll see it's starting to die and i'll throw in the charger and I'll, I'll go hang out with someone i'll go talk to my family or whatever not because it's like okay i can't play my game so you know i guess i'll go hang out with people it's more so that when you get engrossed in a game, obviously you're not really thinking about much else, or at least that's how I get. Mm. And so when you break away from that experience, I think it, it becomes like a more healthy habit. So I just try to look at the glass half full here, right? Mm. Uh, so for me, an a-, a battery life around four hours, you, you know, that's not too bad. But I what we have good. to bear in mind here is that if you don't have a battery that's that you can take out and is replaceable, Whenever your battery fucks up or whenever it degrades or whether there's a new battery that comes out that's better that increases battery life one to two years down the track, those upgrades won't be possible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a sticking point for me personally because with a lot of phones, when your battery life goes to shit or with a lot of laptops, when your battery life goes to shit, you get a new battery for it. You don't repurchase the entire laptop or the phone again. And, and I think that's a, that might be a severe problem for the Switch. If it's two years down the track... And a lot of people that bought it at launch have like one to two hours of gaming battery life on the go. They're going to feel hard done by, especially if they can't upgrade their battery. And my prediction, though, is that you won't be able to upgrade your battery, to be honest, unfortunately. But I, I hope that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. I don't view it as an upgradable option just because then viewers will say, oh, you're limiting us, so we spend more money. So 
if I'm Nintendo, mm. just one battery, one one lifestyle. <laughs> maybe, maybe as well, and, and just putting it out there, they release a, a battery pack. Like, you know, you can buy battery packs for your phone or whatever. They release one of those that's really fit and optimized for the Nintendo Switch that charges it really fast. And you can also carry that with you as well. It might be cumbersome, but, like, if it's in your backpack and you can just ch- plug it into the battery pack while it's in your backpack and it charges. And it charges That's very, very fast. That's a good idea. Something that charges a battery while you're on the go. Maybe, yeah. But see, that's the thing. Now that you mentioned, I know I said, oh, I don't think that would be good to have batteries swapping out. I think of like my camera, for example. And when I was at E3, you know, I'd be recording so much that my camera would start to die and i just have a backup battery. I'd put one in the charger and I'd put the other one in. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so that's not a bad idea. But it depends how much they focus on the portable aspect. If they want to yeah. make this a home console first and foremost, this... I think four hours is just fine, rechargeable. Leave it as is. Yeah, yeah. But if they really well, but, want it to be something like highly portable, you really want that to be a huge focus on it, then yeah, you should have different battery levels, swappable battery packs, stuff along those lines. And to be honest, I, I think that because of the, the way that I've been reading that the Switch can you know, change what it's outputting power-wise when it's docked and when it's not docked, I think that a prediction that I'm going to make is that they're going to allow developers a lot of flexibility in that regard, right? They're going to allow developers to really set the, the texture qualities, to, to set the shadow levels, etc., all of that, so they can optimize their game for when it's on the go versus when it's not on the go. Because what we need to bear in mind is that Nintendo doesn't need to make sacrifices in the hardware department to save on battery life because if they can change what games require in terms of power when it's not docked, then they can still have all those the you know the really good hardware in there for when it's in when it is docked, right? So yeah, four hours, all right? Four hours and eventually they release a battery pack that's really optimized to charge the switch fast. That's my prediction for battery life. But okay. not that it's going to be upgradable, unfortunately. Even though I'd like it, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. Now, there's one more thing about specs and power that we need to talk about. There's a lot of talk about what kind of uh, GPU that the Switch is going to have. And essentially, the discussion is they're going to have NVIDIA architecture. They're going to have the Tegra X1, right? That is actually NVIDIA's last generation chip they have a new one that's out, and a lot of people are wanting that new chip to be in the Nintendo Switch to, to give it more graphical capabilities. What do, your, what do you think your predictions are on that? Do you think it's going to be that older one, or do you think Nintendo is going to go, go all out and say, you know what, let's get the, the newest chip in there, or maybe even upgrade the old chip and have our own proprietary software on there? Like, What, what do you think is going to be the case with that? Because I know that Nintendo is not all... Like, they've never been a, a hardware-based company. Like, they, they don't care about the highest you know, power hardware, we need to have top-of-the-line 4K gaming. They never really cared about that. Like, the 3DS and the DS, to be honest, like, like for modern-day gaming, they look like complete crap. But that's not, not the important thing, the fact that the games are good. So what do you think about that? Yeah, like you said, it, it really seems to boil down, boil down to where their priorities lie. So I would like to see the latest model in there. I'm, I figure you, you launch a console once every how many years, you might as well go all out because you want the thing to age well, not just from a year from now be like, wow, this is absolute garbage. I think that there needs to be some foresight. But I, I just... Okay, I... For me, yeah, it really doesn't matter with the graphics when I really think about it. So, But I know I don't stand for everyone on that. I know there are people who like their games yeah. to look good. 
so for me, it's kind of like a hit or miss. You could have two models, one with the Tegra one, the other with the newest model, whatever that's called. Tegra X2. Tegra X2. <laughs> that was an obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> or even like, again, an upgraded Tegra X1 that Nintendo's dealt with. Uh, honestly, like you said, Nintendo's never pushed the big tech. They've always pushed a gimmick. Yeah, but, you're right. You're absolutely right. But, they pushed the game. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know. I like that aspect that they try new things outside of here's your controller, here's your system. Not that that's got redundant at all. I'm just saying more so that I like that they experiment. Yeah. But also you got to think of how things are nowadays, that Nintendo is known for something entirely different, that not as many people look back uh, and think, oh, wow, I remember Nintendo when they made this, this, and that, you know, because there are a lot of new gamers coming in who are younger. So mm. Nintendo's got a lot of different audiences to appeal to. you got the older audience who's like, man, I remember playing this on the NES. Back got, in my day, <laughs> graphics didn't yeah, matter. You got, you got people our age who basically grew up, like, during our, our first 10 years on Nintendo systems, mostly. And then you got the new age gamers who, you know, what, the 3DS, the Wii, GameCube, maybe. So there's a, there's a lot for nintendo to account for as far as i'm concerned yeah well, but, but like unless i'm building a pc specs have never mattered to me i didn't care when it was the ps4 i didn't care when it was the xbox one and i don't care when it's the switch i just want them to succeed so you got to also take into account this was the the first point i was going to make but i lost my train of thought originally was that price the mo- the newer specs you put in the more they have to hike the price to profit because they're going to be investing in these specs they're top of the line, so they need to make their money back somehow. Mm. So that's another thing worth considering. Are you willing to take a little bit of a graphical hit for a much cheaper console and getting it into more people's hands? Or are you thinking, hey, let's let's bump up the price a little bit. Let's really push the technical features of our system mm. so that people don't just brush our system aside like it's something that belongs in the past. In terms of predictions, I think you're right that they're going to go with the lower price point and and the older version of the of Nvidia's uh, X1, right? But in terms of what I want, I I would like to see them go with the Tegra X2. I would like to see them try and push for a little bit more graphical capabilities and, and better top of the line hardware because we've seen how fast technology, you know improves right we've seen how quickly the xbox one and the ps4 in terms of the tech department get out of date like these consoles still in most cases can't run games at 920 to 1080 at you know at 30 fps and when you get used to playing on the pc and and i know i sound like a pc elitist right now but when you get used to playing on the pc at those like higher graphics and the higher frames it's hard to swap in between. Eventually, I, I strongly believe you get used to it, but when you're going from PC and then you're going to the Switch and then you go into your Xbox One, it can be jarring for some people. It's jarring for me because you, you, you're always changing to different, different resolutions and different frames. So I would personally like to see Switch to push for a little bit more in that regard because that does make sure that a year or two down the line that it's not completely out of date. Like, like developers can't make games for it because that's a risk as well if developers don't have the tech at their disposal to make the games that they want to make then they're not going to make the games that they want to make 
right? Like I, I've I've seen news about how Switch can run Unreal, um, the Unreal Engine very well, that it can run Dark Souls very well. But then I've seen other news about how this game, there's no way it'd be able to handle Mass Effect Andromeda. So it, it's tough because if better tech means we get more games on there, then of course I'd be up for that. Of course I'd be yeah. up for pe- spending more money on that too. It, it, it's a cat and a mouse. Like uh, who who knows? God damn it, Nintendo. Are tough to, yeah, a lot of these predictions are tough <laughs> to make without the knowing much about the console. So uh, it is quite tough. I, I don't think uh, my prediction is it's not gonna. It's gonna be less powerful than people might hope. Mm-hmm. That that's my prediction. All right, so we got to the end of that. How are you feeling, Matthew? Feeling good. Feeling good. All right. Do do we want to talk about what we're playing, or do we want to end it there? Actually, there's a couple. There's two things. One is online play. The other is achievements and trophies. Oh, I missed that. That's right. Let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we, we got a couple of viewer suggestions that I think we could go through. But uh, one person was asking about online play, I think. Um, but one that I DM'd to you specifically was the trophies and achievements. I think Nintendo desperately needs that. Enough of the in-game yes. challenges that service yes. their own achievements. Nintendo, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right <laughs> fucking now, there are people out there who are obsessed with trophy and achievement hunting and will I instantly know. have this fucking antenna in their head spring on the second you say, we have our own achievement system. It, I'm telling you. It, like, we, I would love oh, that. Yeah. And, and it, tie it in with your profile and have special benefits yeah, when you get to a certain score. Stupid friend codes, like an actual <laughs> online profile. Normal online play, I'm telling okay, you. You have to oh. describe that to me. How the fuck do friend codes work? that's the thing is it's like uh for example i've been playing recently runescape where you can add someone's friend code and see when they're on but in order for you guys to actually be friends online they have to add your code you know what i'm saying it's not like you just send a request accepted boom so you can't just like search for usernames and shit no you like have a friend code which uh, i mean i'm sure people out there have memorized their own if they play the 3ds a lot with their friends which there are people out there who do that but you have to like go to your profile, find your own friend code, then give it to your friend. Then he gives you his or hers, and you put theirs in. And then your friends. So and how the hell do you is... play online games with random people? I think there's a thing called a Nintendo ID. I, I do apologize for those out there because I'm not one who, who plays a lot. Actually, have I ever fucking played 3DS Online? Maybe I played Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, like multiplayer co-op. Well, how does, how does Pokemon, have you played Pokemon Online like versus other people? Oh no, no! I'm that's intimidating, dude. Because yeah, it is intimidating. <laughs> I, I, get so, I get so proud of my squad, and I'm like, God, I don't know yeah. what I'm doing when it comes to the scheme of things. Because you know why? Because like, I, I remember playing it. I think it was the original DS, and you you think, yeah, I beat the Elite Four. I'm gonna be awesome, <laughs> right? I got this sweet squad. I get and the legendaries get... before everyone for sure. I'm gonna get exactly. in there exactly. And then you get on there, and there are fucking people with level 100 Pokemon that all their EVs and IVs are perfect. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I can't win. It's mm. terrible. It's absolutely dreadful. Yes, I finally got the new... Oh, I'm so off track right now, but I got the new emojis finally. For, I was for, wondering why, yeah. and then I, I updated my iOS. <laughs> That's that why. was off topic, it was. No, because like someone texted me, and I clicked on the emojis, I saw new ones. I was like, yo, let's go. But, okay, <laughs> do you think that they're going to do an achievement system? That That's, I to do. me, that's such an important aspect. That's I think so they fucking... will. I think they will, and hopefully they... I don't know. I, I'm predicting that they're not going to do this, but hopefully they have their online multiplayer system to be very similar to how PS4 and Xbox One operate nowadays. Um, yeah, headsets, again, party chat, not fucking stupid weird shit like 
<laughs> you can't con even communicate with people in game. Can't I, I, you? Are you serious? Like, I think for it was Mario Kart 8, I want to say. It was Splatoon as well. No, it was Splatoon. I remember that now. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like, what, do I got to set up a si Skype call on my laptop, put that to my side, and then I can play multiplayer games on my, my Nintendo console. My friend's like, give me a break. That's so old school. That's so Splatoon bad. Splatoon does not have in-game voice chat because of online negativity. Wait, hold up. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. If they're talking about Splatoon being an eSports title in the initial trailer for the Switch, how do you not have in-game voice chat? How does that? How does the fuck that work? Like, Matty, if we're if we're playing they, Splatoon, they against gotta fix it basically. Yeah, of course. But or I they can just say, "Oh, that's that's fine. Who cares?" And then re release it the same as is. No, that's my prediction. I think they will have that. I think they're, they're going to have an online multiplayer system. That that's... would make, yeah, that would make the most sense. Yeah, it really it's going to be more akin to, to what we have on Xbox One and PS4. That, that, yeah. That's going to be a bold prediction because the, if it's not the case now, probably they won't do it, but that's my prediction. Mm -hmm. do, do you have any other outstanding items that you want to predict on? For this? <clears throat> um, let me check Twitter. Oh, release date. Speci I know wow. it's coming out in March, yeah. but specific release date. 28th. 28th. Like, we have to go down to the to the day here, all right? So yeah, you think March, 28th, March 28th in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So that would be 29th for Australia. I think, I'm, I don't know why I've had this number in my head. I'm going to say 21st of March. See, now I had that in mind, but then I saw <laughs> I saw Andromeda, and I was like, you know what? I That's they, what's they, in my they're mind. Not gonna, they're not going to adjust for Andromeda, of course. It's, it's probably already established, but for me, I think the 28th. Oh, I have to go for it it's now. A it's, a it's a Tuesday. So, yeah, 28th. No, it's a Tuesday. Hold up, hold up. What's the Thursday then? No, hold up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get more specific. I'm going to get more specific. I fucking will. I, I'm going to say 24. No, 23rd. 23rd in March is a Thursday. All right? I think it's going to be 23rd of March. That's my final prediction because it's a Thursday. Like, games are usually released on Thursdays, right? Mm -hmm. from, from memory. I don't, I don't fucking know anymore. But... Yeah. I, I'm going to say, so 23rd for me, 28th for Matty. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's, let, let's see how close we are. And that's U.S. And top. Here's a, here's a good question, I think, to wrap up the Nintendo Switch discussion, which is, is there too much hype surrounding the Switch? Fuck. I'm going to say yes, even though I'm guilty of it. Well, yeah, like, you know, there absolutely is, because Nintendo has not proven shit yet. They really haven't. They have a really good concept here, but they haven't shown much. So, yeah, I think the hype here is quite dangerous. But do, do you know what's funny, though, Maddie? Like, people will blame Nintendo for that, like, for the hype. But Nintendo's not doing shit. Like, and, and maybe that's the problem, that they're not talking about it enough. But I understand why they're, they're doing the marketing the way they're doing. But it's really the media and the game outlets that are hyping this thing up and the YouTubers to no fucking end. If anything, yeah. it's our fault for hyping this thing up, oh, and yeah. I, I don't think like I, I, I don't think you know the question was trying to attribute blame here. I think about no. whether it's too hyped up in general. I think it is too hyped up in general, and I think we're mostly to blame for it. Like people like me that are like, I'm so excited for the Switch, I can't wait to play on the go, like play on the train and shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm bl I'm to blame for that, and, and I can admit that. But I, I would hope that you know after No Man's Sky and Mighty Number no. Nine and all those oh, kinds of things. It. Ah oh, no, we're not putting Fallout 4 in that fucking basket. No, but I will we're say... gonna put Fallout 4 in the basket of games that, and we were part of it that were hyped, and just at the end of the day, were eh, that didn't 
do the trick as much as we'd want it to. In certain respects. But I would hope, like, I would hope that, you know what, no, it's, gamers are like this. Like, we, we like to get excited, we like to get pumped. And to be honest, I think that's what makes us special. Like, I think that's what makes us gamers, the fact that we can get yeah, so excited and passionate about yeah, a product. That's, that's why I, I never understood the approach of, I just expect everything to be a train wreck, so when I play it, I'm always I'm surprised. not disappointed. Yeah, I, I always say, like, you're just kind of psyching yourself out into liking games. I understand being cautious. But here's the thing is, like, for me, I'll make videos on whatever I'm interested in, what I'm excited about, or maybe what I'm concerned about. But I'm not trying to, because I, you made a good point about how, like, YouTubers and, and the press are hyping it up. What a lot of consumers, viewers don't realize is that, like, we do that because YouTubers specifically, we're just interested in it. We're excited about it. But we're not saying, like, yo, you got to be excited about this with me. Uh, part of the discussion is people making their own interpretation of the product with you and saying like, exactly. well, maybe I'm not as excited about it. not like, yo, Maddie, let's go, bro. I'm on the hype train with you, dude. Like, let's ride this thing into the fucking ground, uh, which is <laughs> always, always a fun ride. But I'm just saying that because then that leads to the blame game, right? After yeah. if it's not as successful, it's like it was your fault. You hyped it up. It's like yeah. I was excited. You didn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you know? you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think that this discussion should be about – Making up your own minds, reading you know the the articles you want to read, listen to the people you want to listen to, but make your own decision. Like if you want to be hyped up, you need to know that you might be let down. Any kind yeah. of hype, there's always that risk. If if you're gonna have uh, this I, pessimistic... I always say that to people, I'm like hype at your own risk. If you want to blow the oh, roof no, yeah, off, exactly. go for it. I, I mean, yeah. I for me, like with Mass Effect, I'm like I really feel bad for people because it's it's setting itself up for a. I think like a Fallout 4 scenario. I really do because they've been holding a lot of info back. It's that big, big series. It's the big game. Everyone's excited. But you really don't – just you don't know that much about the game when you think no, about you it. No, you don't. I'm, sh I'm sure you'll hear a little bit more in the coming months. But you know, we have a release date. We don't really know quite where it's set in the timeline other than after yeah. 3. We know it's in a different galaxy from 3. There's very vague baseline details, which is good because we don't want to know everything going into the game. That's another big issue. Yeah. But still, it's so vague that uh, – you know, it could be set up for a disappointment because what last game was really vague and we hardly had any details on up until launch, No Man's Sky. So, yeah. it, like I said, hype at your own risk. If you're a Mass Effect fan, for example, since we're using that right now, and you're like, let's go, Andromeda's my shit, then by all means. But yeah. like Lone said, don't be too shocked if you're setting yourself up for some potential disappointment. Yeah. Like, like, do what you want to do. Like, the best form of protection, of course, uh, of not getting disappointed is tempering your expectations and stuff. But if you want to get excited for a product like I am for the Switch, then fucking do it. Just bear in mind that if you are disappointed, it do I know this might be a little bit of victim blaming, but it does fall a little bit on you. Because whether it's coming from Nintendo, like, you can't expect them not to hype up their own product. Like, that's just stupid, okay? They're not going to be like you know what, the Switch is okay, you can buy it if you want. Like, who the fuck is going to do that? No one, right? So the best form of protection is by tempering your own expectations, and if you want to get hyped up, just know that you might be let down. That's yeah, that's mean, the long and short of it. I just do, I call it the natural process. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna play the game, I'll, I'll watch whatever trailers I catch if I want to watch them. Sometimes I, my form of protection is I'll hold off on a game trailer or two, you know, unless it's like a game I'm covering. Yeah. Then I'll watch them, but for, for a lot of games that I'm looking forward to, if I'm not covering it or talking about it on the channel, I'll watch a trailer or two and I'll be good. I'll be like, okay, I'm interested in the game. I'm going to try it out. Because after that, you're basically spoiling big parts of the game for yourself. So for me, after that, I what I do is the natural process. I just play it uh, as blind as possible and just interpret the experience for myself. 
you yeah. know, with with hype or not. It's mm-hmm. just how I roll with it, and it, it works very well. I've been enjoying games for the past year or so because of it yeah. a lot more than I used to. So it's something we're thinking about. Yeah. But to answer the question, yeah, it's definitely too hot. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. too hot. But that's at on least us, right now. Really. When after yeah. the reveal, it could it could be justifiable. I'd say. Yeah. Alrighty. So, uh, are we ending it there, or are we are we going to go on like with fan questions and shit? I can send out a tweet, Maddie. I can I can get those fan questions if you really want. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference to me. I mean, we haven't talked about any of the other bits, so. No, we, we haven't. All right, so let, you want, we're going to send out a tweet, all right? Okay. Ask questions for podcast, go. It's going to be real time, all right? You know what? This is what we're going to have to do, Matty. We're going to have to answer the questions as soon as they come in. No hesitation. Oh, jeez. Are, are you ready for that? Oh, sure. <laughs> in, the meantime, in the meantime, are you playing any games? I, I'm doing my, my regular you know, Let's Play. I'm doing Fallout 4. I'm doing the original Assassin's Creed. Four? In terms of what I want to move on to next, it's going to be Jeez. Titanfall 2 Ooh. and Shadow of Mordor. Like, I, I'm okay. excited to play that because I know how good it is. And you've played it. So, so tell me, why is that game good? Uh, Nemesis system. Hands I down. knew you were going to mention that. I was going to yeah. say, like, you always talk about the Nemesis system. but Yeah, that, that and the combat. It's, it's literally Arkham Knight uh, with blood. You're chopping heads off. It's really satisfying. It's a lot of fun. Sweet. Sweet. And, and you'll like it because you've been playing Assassin's Creed 1, and it's kind of got that similar open-world structure where you'll like, crawl to, to a uh, big object, and it'll scan the area and add objectives on your map. It kind of runs like that in the open world. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. And what, what are you playing? Um, Lately, I've been playing Diablo 3. Uh, interesting because i've yeah. i always wanted to get into that and i just never had the people to play with yeah that's the thing is i've tried playing it twice by myself didn't do the trick and what's weird is i've grown up on games like that i played uh baldur's gate uh yeah. champions of arms and those clicked really well with me growing up and they were a similar type of game the over-the-top beat em up loot focus create your own character type of thing diablo 3 didn't do that until i finally got a squad of four it's fucking sick now. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't beat it quite yet. We're on Act 3 right now, for those who do play Diablo 3, which I think is... Uh, it's the Reaper of Souls version, so we have two acts left. And, I mean, it's not anything... I don't know where it got, like, a crazy following from. I think it's from the post-launch support that Blizzard gives their games that makes Diablo 3 so appealing. Hmm. Uh, but it's not like anything crazy different from what I've seen as a kid. I do like constantly changing all my abilities. I do like a lot of the end game content from what I've seen. There's like a Paragon system where you can continuously upgrade your hero. Um, there's a lot to the game for sure. So I'm I'm very much enjoying it. And like I said, I, Blizzard's literally got me by the balls. I've been just bouncing back and forth between Diablo and fucking Overwatch. <laughs> like it's no wonder these guys make insane amounts of money. They That's Hearthstone, brilliant. Overwatch, Diablo. What? They're all fucking games that they can make tons of cash on. They do yeah. make tons of cash on. I'm sorry. So okay. yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Alrighty, so let's let's move on to the fan questions. The first one that comes in is a great question to start things off. At James Sy, a bunch of numbers. Most anticipated game of 2017. Persona Five. Persona? Like, why Persona Five? Why? Are you <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Are you serious? Answer the question, Matthew. It's uh, okay. 
Persona 4 is like one of my favorite games of all time. So yeah, 5 is going to be my most anticipated of the year. 4 is just from the sounds of the story to the fucking gameplay. Everything is just linked together in this brilliant fashion that you don't see all that often. And it's got one of the best expanded universe in the terms of anime and uh, spin-off games. So Persona 4 just in general holds a really special place in my heart. And so 5, I really expect to carry the torch. I've heard it does a phenomenal job. It could be better in 4. I'm not really setting my expectations there because I love 4 to death. I mean, I, I just played uh, Dancing All Night, which is like a spin-off rhythm dancing game. It's so fucking good, too. I, I don't know how they do it. That's the thing. They take so good care of the series, really, is, is why I'm confident in 5. Because it's a spin-off fucking dancing game. You could cash in on that, whatever. But they have, like, a good story. There's a lot of replay value there. The fucking music is good. The gameplay is addicting. It's so... It's such an obscure title. Yet, they put so much focus and effort into it. When it comes to new actual entries in the Persona series, like, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for 5. So that's my most anticipated game. Okay. Go on, tell me yours so I can question you about it. You you know what mine is. Mine is Breath of the Wild. Why, <laughs> dude? Why? <laughs> because I haven't played a Legend of Zelda game in a very long time, and I think that this will be a great game to, to play to get back into the series. And especially because of the virtual console, I'll be able to go back and play all of them as well. So that is definitely my mo- most anticipated game. Plus, it does look really good. Like I, I played it. It, it looks does. phenomenal. It does, it does look phenomenal. So, Do you think Nintendo's going to change their YouTube policy? That's a good question. Their YouTube and streaming policy with the launch of the Switch. Do you think they're going to be like, okay, we like you guys now. Help us out. <laughs> they should. They should. If they're fucking smart, they really should. Because YouTubers will beef that thing the fuck up. I'm not even kidding. Because I want to review Nintendo Switch games, but I'm not going to if they're going to I'd fucking... I'd love to. I'd to love take, to. To take revenue from me. You know, YouTube already takes enough from content creators. <laughs> Why get less? I'm gonna say no. I don't think that, I don't think that they're gonna remove. I don't think they will, but I hope they do because I'd like to make switch. Oh, reviews. I'd love to. I'd I'd love to make game uh, videos on on Nintendo games, Maddie. Like I'd love to do less plays of of Nintendo games, but it's just the world we live in, huh? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it, especially because in Australia we don't have fair use. So, woohoo! Okay, wow. like, <laughs> I know. You know, it's illegal to make a meme here. That's what? right. I'm not even joking. Um. <laughs> It is. Holy fuck. Because we don't have fair use. Alright. So, so, so we, we can't do Let's Plays. Like, legally, technically can't do Let's Plays. Mm-hmm. 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 Next question? Next, que- <laughs> next question. This is a great one from At Desert Ranger. What would you do if you were in a video game? I like that question. So if you're a character or something, I guess is, is what he's trying to get to. Who would you be? kind of character would you be like the random npc that that says like one random fuck off line every time you cross him like where there's nice today is it not or some (laughs) shit like that i because i think i have a if i were to look at myself honestly as a voice actor i'd say i don't have a any stretch of the imagination uh mind you this with no training whatsoever but i don't view myself as someone with a protagonist voice i don't have that (laughs) um i view myself as like a party member in like a JRPG. Like I'm a I'm a side character. <laughs> of course you are. That's that's how I view myself. Cause no, because I get like excited, I get worked up easily. Okay, I can like uh, show irritation. Like I can get good emotion through my voice. It's just that like I sound uh, like a geek most of the time. So I mm-hmm. think where else is an English geek 
voice acceptable, but a fucking English dub JRPG or anime. Really, it's the truth. I'm not okay. saying that because a lot of people think I'm a fucking weeb. I'm saying that because <laughs> that's the goddamn truth. That, that That's probably the best genre I would fit in as a gamer. So I'd view myself, yeah, as like a side character, uh, you know, one of the main party members in a JRPG. All right, all right. Fair or like enough. a really, really cheesy villain. Like really fucking bad. <laughs> like like one of the mini bosses or something. Yeah. Like, ha, 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 you stumbled into my lair. <laughs> Some stupid shit like that. Um, for me, because of my accent, and I don't, I don't have that, like, that raspy, like, accent that you always get in video game protagonists. I, I don't think, as, yeah, as you Troy said, Baker, you know, that yeah, I, I don't think goes. I'd ever be a protagonist. I, I think I'd be comic relief. I think I'd be, like, that random side character that says something funny every now and again, and, oh, he has a funny accent. That, that's who I think I'd be, to be honest, because of my Aussie accent. Let, let, let's be honest here. Um, let's see if we got another good question. Uh, here we go. At Armitez asks, no, sorry. At uh, Call Me Jocker asks, any plans for your channels in terms of content for 2017? What are you? What are your plans for your channel in 2017, Matthew? I have big plans being announced soon. Oh, so you can't talk about it, can you? But on the other side of things, in terms of content, like uh, the ch- change is kind of in place. Like I've been more. How do I word it? I've always, I felt uh, from time to time in my videos kind of like danced around my opinion a little bit where like I'd let you know how I thought, but I try to put it in the nicest way possible. So one of the changes in my content is just being like really straightforward. Uh, Not in the point of being rude, but just like, okay, this is how it is. And if you disagree, that's fine, but it's not going to bother me. Because, you know, it was always like this desperation for acceptance on YouTube. And at this point, like I know I have an audience. I know I have people who accept me. It's time just... I wouldn't say to be me because I've always been me. It's just like it's time just to to fucking drop the the pussy game here and just kind of <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. It just like go head first in. Um, the other side of it is that I've been looking at my numbers. My watch time has skyrocketed, and that's because I've been talking about other games. I I made a Star Wars video that's done as well as a Bethesda video. My RuneScape video is doing as well as that. I have like this concurrent audience who's just been watching really anything. Yeah. So I've been really flexible and like I told you this before last week's cast, I think it was, um, that I've just been fucking enjoying the hell out of YouTube a lot more because there's this flexibility. It's like I don't really care about views. I don't care about subscribers. It's just I'm having a lot of fun making videos again. And that's important because it's showing in my content. You know, my ratings have gone up. The amount of comments I'm getting, especially positive ones at that, have gone up. Uh, I'm glad that people are realizing the effort I'm, I'm putting in since I've gone full time. So yeah. it's really motivating. And that those are some of the changes I'm making on the side. The big, I don't even want to say changes. The big plans are going to be announced. Uh, actually today's Sunday. Oh, six days. From, wait, what? Hold on. Wait. Um, soon. Yeah. I don't know when soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> soon. I think it's a little bit more than a week, but I'm not sure yet. All right, all right, and and for me, it's same old, same old that I've been saying. Like, I'm just gonna keep doing let's plays because I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. I am treating YouTube as a hobby, and that's about it. Like, I just, I just don't give a shit about, you know, stressing out views anymore. Honestly, I don't, and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. Like, I'm really, like, how often does Lone talk about about to play another game? Like, I'm about to play Titanform, about to play Shadow of Mortal. Like, that never happened before because now that I've incorporated playing games with YouTube, I'm actually fucking playing games, and that's that's an awesome feeling for me. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's just going to be, uh, my 
content moving forward. Now, Matty, we know that every week he asks a great question. And he's asked a, a particularly good question. Like he, he always thinks of the best questions. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. Just say his name. Say his name. No, I did it last time. He, he deserves the respect. For I gave him respect last week, and he has my respect still. I don't need to say his fucking name again. At Ratchet, 570. All right? he asked, this is a great question, you have to admit. <laughs> what game do you think would fit well in another genre? For example, Skyrim being a fighting game. Mm. See? You see what I mean? These are good questions, bro. I, I think we, we, we touched on it before. We said that having like a, a Skyrim Pokemon type of game, I think that would work. But it's it's. I think he's more talking about like a very different genre, like Fallout in a driving game. Like for example, what do you think would work well? I mean, I, I just played one that was similar to that. You know, I, I just mentioned it before too. Is that Persona Four Dancing All Night is like that game. Persona Four is a JRPG through and through, uh, very accessible to a Western audience, mind you. But I played a dancing rhythm game spin off of that. So like that's <laughs> that's as off the beaten path as you can get. So I guess you're you're looking for something like that. Um, okay. Looking around my room at all my figures, all my games. <laughs> um, you got any ideas while I think? Because I'm trying to think of different genres here. Because like fighting to to another like an action genre is is kind of an easy answer. Uh I'm going to go all out here, and I'm going to say a Mad Max purely driving game. I think that would be awesome. Like, that sounds Mad, fitting, though. Mad Max, and, and th- that's the thing, right? Like, Mad Max is really known for the crazy vehicles, and it's not just about this wasteland. It's it's about the cars you drive, and, and especially the move, last movie, and also the last game as well. There was a bit of driving in there. I think that a purely dedicated Mad Max driving game would do so well, right? Like, it you could customize your vehicles with different weapons and shit. I know games have tried that in the past. I can't remember them for the life of me. Like, <laughs> Rage had that. I had that oh, multiplayer God, game. I just got yeah. the weirdest idea. <laughs> Tell me. Take every notable character in Fallout games. You got um, Legate, Linnaeus. What is it, Lanius? I fuck, I fuck up his Lin- name every time. Legate, Linnaeus, yeah. No, I said Linnaeus, and then people corrected me. Which one fucking is Wait, it? Wait, what did I correct you to? No, because I've I've said Linnaeus in videos, and people are like, "No, Matt, it's Lanius." It's not fucking Lanius. Slap those people. What the fuck? I I don't know, dude. I, I he, he I'm so conflicted on his name. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So you got like him, yeah. Uh, Sarah Lyons. Like, take these main characters, yeah, from the Fallout franchise. Dynasty Warriors spinoff. Let's go, <laughs> Fallout Warriors. Fuck off. Take every like, main companion. Take fucking uh, Boone. Take Lily. No, you know what? No, because because Boone would just be running around. I lost my wife. <laughs> Give me back my beret, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, that would be so much fun. Or like Bethesda warriors and, and like Corvo, the Dragonborn, the Soul Survivor. Come on, you gotta admit that would be kind of cool. That would be cool. About I, I got something that's like, similar. So bad, said- it's good. You said the Bethesda boy is like a hidden, unlockable character. Dude, <laughs> Bethesda, hire me. I'm right here. I'm right here. All right, I, I, I'm going to say this. A Bethesda character fighting game, right? Could you imagine fighting as the fucking Vault Boy, like smiling that, with a thumbs up and yes, that's your fatality? Dude, I wish. I wish. 
A Bethesda fucking fighting game would be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, absolutely brilliant. Ugh. Wow. They need to hire us. We'd make some killer spinoffs. <laughs> We'd get that New Vegas 2 finally if we were there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if Obsidian was in charge, we'd already have yeah. New Vegas 2, Maddie. Right. Did you know that? Like, we'd, we'd have it already. Like, that, that this, this game would be the best game. It'd be on the Switch 2. It'd be on everywhere. 10 out of 10. Refunds. <laughs> bad reviews. No, nah, sure. nothing. It would be a perfect game. You know, when people, when we make this joke, some people actually take it as we hate Obsidian. That's why you make the joke. I kid you, you not. They're like, they they love Bethesda so much they get mad that people like Obsidian. It's like, no, we, we fucking love Obsidian just as much. We're just joking, for fuck's yeah. sake. God. God. Anyways, we've got to the end of the podcast. Any final words, Matthew? No. Hour and 40 minutes. Good job. Good job. Good yeah, job. So we've increased the length, huh? That's yeah. what we do. All righty. You can end it. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I thought I've been talking a lot. All right. We've both been talking a lot, yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 90 of the Ham Radio Podcast. We hope you're looking forward to the future of things between Lo and I and our new upcoming member of the podcast. It's going to be a, a really interesting year. We're going to really try to push things forward with the show. Uh, also, the face cams are going to be coming back soon. I should put that out there at the end here. That uh, We are going to be bringing back the face cams. That's something that we're, we're not getting rid of. Um, I just realized we're going to have to redo the art, though, for that, aren't we? All right, we're going to have to hit up Kiki Wonka about that. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, we <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed. We hope you guys are looking forward to stuff, and we will catch you in week 91.